Hello! Wow, you've been practicing. And welcome to the Irregular Search for Truth. I'm Scott. I'm Sachin. And we're here once again to guide you through the netherous <laughs> regions of internet truth. The netherous regions or the netherous nether regions? I don't know. Um, anyway. Uh... You got anything for us to start us off with, or should I you jump in? Jump into it. Okay, so uh, uh, I got I got a little gripe happened to me uh, last week. I got called on Tuesday and told I have a job interview, and so I'm like, "All right, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, that should be great." Later that same day, I get called and told your job interview has been canceled. Oh. Yeah. Completely. Cancel. Well, okay. Here's the thing. They left it ambiguous. They said, oh, we can't interview you on Thursday, which is when they were planning on uh, interviewing me. And and so, uh, and they sort of were like, so I'm really sorry about that. And so I said, uh, okay, or am I going to hear back from you or, or anything? And they said, oh, maybe next week. And I said... Uh, and I, I don't know, I sort of just didn't think on the spot to be like, am I out of the running? But, you know, that's what I should have said, but oh well. And then, uh, and then I wrote them an email and said, uh, you know, I basically, I tried to suck up, which I didn't feel great about because I felt rather antagonistic towards them. I was like, you don't do that. You don't give someone a job interview and then cancel it before they have the job interview. You know, that's you could you could interview me and then say, No, you're terrible. But you can't you can't say, Here's your interview, sorry, psych. They I mean I think like what this Yeah, I think like usually when you try to get a job, like the people who are hiring you are not actually the people who are hiring you, in the sense that the people you deal with are in like the HR department. Right. Or and I have a very big chip on my shoulder against HR departments right now. Because it, it, it's funny because those guys aren't even the ones that are excited about hiring you. Usually, it's like somebody wants you. I I have a very special place reserved in my, in my List. gallbladder, for HR departments right now. What? That's a lot of gall. I spit bile on them. Ah, that's good beer. Yeah, I, I've uh, that's happened to me before too, where. You know, you'll email them, and they'll be like, oh, we'll get back to you, and then they don't, and you call them, oh, yeah, we meant to get back to you, This is a, the next step is this, do this, or could you send us this, whatever, or we'll set this up, you know, we'll call you, and then they don't call, and you have to call them, and it's like, do you, I mean, I know that I want the job, and I should be persistent, but I mean, like, it's very much like dating. Right, but here's the thing, they went so far as to call me. To offer me the interview. It's like they it, called you out. They asked you out on a date. They're like, oh, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm really sorry. Like something come up, came up at work. Uh, I just can't. I can't do it. Um, I'm sorry about that. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I'll see you later. And you, and you as the person who might have been asked out, you're like, wait, but you asked me out, right? So you must be interested. Did or no? No, you're not, because you haven't rescheduled another date or slash interview. Exactly. 
And then you which like, means which means that she met some guy she likes better. Right. Or like, are you like, are, are because you, she didn't even know me before she called me. She just picked me. my name out of the phone book and was like, I think this guy. I'm gonna ask him on a date. And then and she's like, hey, do you want to go out on Thursday? And I'm like, well, okay, because apparently I'm a total whore. <laughs> and. Uh, and then she's like, calls me back later, hey, I can't go out on Thursday. Well, it's just a date, you know? It's like, you know. It's... Except that this date potentially paid me somewhere in the neighborhood of $65,000 a year. Wow. So wow. that date would have been a great date to have. That's a good date. It's yeah. A good date. It pays except, off. Yeah. But, but then she canceled on me. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how that goes. No. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, uh, then you marry one. Ah, whoa, no way. Oh. I guess that's when you hate your job. Wow. Yeah, well, we just extended that metaphor way beyond. No, but it's it very. It's just like that. The feelings that, like, when you even when you go in for an interview, you're like, what should I wear? What should I say? You know, should I try harder? Should I not try harder? Should I seem interested? Should I not seem interested? Mm. You know, uh, actually, a lot of times they say, "Have you heard this uh, interview uh, recommendation that, like, when you go in?" You should have some questions to ask them. Yeah. Like you should kind of like almost look at it as like an interview for you to be interviewing them. Yeah. And you would ask them, oh, like how is it? How does this work? Or like what I, what would I be doing? Or like is this generally a good thing? Or like how long do people stick around? What is the country or company founded on? Right. You know, and it's like my first few interviews were not like that because I was just like, oh my god, please give me the job, please give me the job. <laughs> like I don't like whatever you ask, I have the answer. Just tell me, you know, like whatever mm -hmm. you want, I'll do it, you know. And then uh, when I recently applied for an interview or a job a couple of years ago, I had been working for a couple of years, so I kind of like went in with some questions to ask right, or whatever. Right. And I'm not, you know, it's like I'm not even sure if I made a difference. But it's just kind of, yeah, it's like this sort of, I'm trying to get something out of it. Whereas like maybe your first date, like when you're, I don't know, 17 or 18 or 14 or whatever it is date you had, you're like, this is so awesome. I can't believe I'm on a date. <laughs> <laughs> And whatever she says or whatever you say, it's just like, that's great. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm down with that. I'm, oh, you like rollerblading? I love rollerblading. It's so good. Let's go rollerblading. <laughs> oh, you want me to show up at 3 in the morning? That's fine. I'm there. You know, you want me to work 17 Dude, hours if, a day? if she asked you to show up at 3 in the morning. Well, that was kind of like back to the job metaphor. Uh, yeah, but still, I mean, I'm just saying on a date, if, if you're 14 and some girl asks you to show up at 3 in the morning... You're doing pretty good. That's where I would be. I would be there. I would be there at three in the morning for sure. Like I would just like whatever you want. But now, and I guess like you know, even now, like I feel like dating, it's no different. I think when you grow, it's a little different when you get older. I guess because you have a little more experience and you have a little more reality. But I think it's still for most people, it's still a little bit of nervousness, a little bit of like what could happen, how could it go, could go really well, could not go really yeah. well. I think that's part of the excitement of. Of dating though and just sort of like the 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 draw of it you know is is that kind of uh that kind of excitement though i guess some people really don't like that and it's, it's, that's understandable it's, yeah i think it goes both ways but i think interviewing can be very similar i don't mind interviews because like i get to go and like see right. a new company and see these new people and see what they're doing you know and yeah. asking all these questions like it's almost fun because like do i know what i'm talking about they'll ask me questions I'm like yeah <laughs> I, I nailed that yeah I certainly like interviews too. <laughs> so if anyone has any interviews, irregular search for truth at gmail.com. Recently, um, I went to a friend's mind's house and we met up with some old college friends and his sister was there and 
It's just so I forget how we came up, but we had happened to be talking about the fact that I hadn't interviewed a ton. I've actually only had three real interviews in my life, mm-hmm. uh, and I've gotten all three of them. So it came out that I'm three for three. That's pretty good. And then I was like, yeah, well, I guess I'm pretty awesome, you know. And I was kind of joking around, but I guess like my friend's sister didn't really know me well enough, mm-hmm. and she's like, is he joking? Is he is he really that cocky? And I'm <laughs> like, and one of my friends is like, well. No, but <laughs> I can see why you would think that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, if you need any interviewing skills, regularly search for truth at gmail.com. <laughs> Tips and pointers. I'm three for three, hundred percent success rate. Hmm, that's pretty good. I think I'm. Pre- I think I have a pretty high uh, uh, interview to acceptance ratio, though. I'm I'm way above three on the number of job interviews I've had. I mean, I've had way more than three jobs. So yeah, that's yeah, like... yeah, yeah. That's the weird thing. I've I've really only had. I mean, I've had like a, the odd occasional job, like when I was in college or I temp mm-hmm. or whatever. But I mean, I don't think yeah, I, there was no interview process for that. It was like right. fill this form out, right? Show yeah. up this place and make your seven dollars an hour. Like I don't. Yeah. I, it was not really like, can you do this or mm-hmm. can you type? Yes. If you were in this situation, how would you react? And what <laughs> you know, what would be the first three steps that you would take? To rectify it. Actually, uh, when I was in um, when I was at my old job, they started training us for for do interviewing, like to interview people coming in, and we would mm-hmm. have to look for this thing called star, and it was like basically a situation, the task, the action, and then the re- remedy. Mm-hmm. So when you asked for a question, you would ask them like, "Oh, have you ever encountered this at your old job or in the in your life, or whatever?" And they would say, "Yes." You're like, "All right." Try to get them to give you a, tell you a story mm-hmm. about how they solved it, how they resolved, like you know what they what the situation was, how do they solve it, what action did they take to make that happen, and did it actually work out? Was it resolved? So, situation, task, action, result, or something like that. Right on. And it was you know. It was, I, I interviewed know. I interviewed a tons of kids for the Peace Corps. Oh, was you? Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting because you'd get people with all sorts of levels of uh of uh skill and background and then you get people who just had totally different conceptions of what the peace corps was about right right you know so some people would come in like literally to a job interview like wearing like shorts and flip-flops and a t-shirt and it'd be like you should go home and change (laughs) (laughs) this is not this is not like the go uh have a surf trip for two years, you know, like, uh, uh, well, what would you, what, what, what should one wear to a Peace Corps interview? I think, I mean, you should dress in at least like, you know, uh, uh, respectable business casual, maybe, or, okay. or, you know, like, I mean, I wasn't, you know, some people would wear like full on suit and tie. Uh, I would be happy with a collared shirt, you know, <laughs> like that, that was, that made the cut in my book in terms of dress, you know, uh, uh, requirements and and whatnot but i you know i think uh i think that you you gotta at least show that you want the job to some degree you know and that you take it seriously i guess i'd never thought about that for the peace corps as it like being a job interview i thought i guess i just dude it's it's the longest job interview in the world it's like a year-long job interview from the point you start applying for that job to the point you actually ship off and that's that averages like you know six months to a year and then you get another three months of training before you're even sworn in as a volunteer. And that's like the full on, like, what, you're not officially in, and you're already in the country. 
that you're right. serving in. Right. You know. But I mean, that's that's like you're already in though. I mean, you can't. They're not. It's probably pretty rare that they're going to rescind your job offer at that point. Oh, it happens. I'm sure everything happens. There was a guy. <laughs> There was a guy who went through training, and like I don't know if he had some psychological issues or if he was just scared or what, but he would show up to training with like war paint on his face, and you're like, okay, this is the impression you want to make on you know this country that uh, that uh, did anybody ask him about like I don't know I I you know I was not involved in the dealing with this guy. How long did that last? Like one day? No, no, he like. He went through most of training, and you know they would talk to him and say, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, but excuse me, it uh, it resulted in him not being offered the position. I would imagine. You know, yeah. Um, there there are several cases like that. Uh, what's the worst interview that you had while you were in the Peace Corps? Or or do you have any like uh, interesting? I mean, you must have seen a there lot of was, things, right? There was one guy who didn't come in for an interview, but he uh, he um, and this actually is this is a secondhand story. This is from my coworker. Uh, we shared the the position for a while where we were interviewing people, but he came in to the office uh, and was like, uh, "Hey, can uh, can like Peace Corps?" count as community service like on you know um, probation and that sort of thing and uh and my coworker was sort of like well we you know we try and be very selective and uh and so no you would have to get rid of you know you'd have to take care of all that probably before even applying you know and and show that you've done your part to repay your debt to society or whatever and he just sort of stands up from the chair and is like Fuck! And he hits the wall and it storms out. <gasps> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So that was a that was a fun one. And then we just you know like it was interesting because I was I the job was on a college campus, right? And so you know like I did interview uh, adults, and I guess I guess all the college students are technically adults, but they're all kind of kids too, right? You know, right. and and so I interviewed you know several adults but by far the majority i'd say 75 percent plus were like 21 years old you know and uh and it was just sort of interesting seeing you know the the wide range of uh of conceptions of maturity levels of uh preconceived notions you know and 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 the way people interviewed you know yeah it's just yeah. sort of a an interesting thing and and actually it was actually a, a good experience for me in terms of uh, I think preparing me for interviewing for jobs yeah if yeah. only I could get people to you know <laughs> hold up to their end of the bargain like say if somebody called and said hey you have an interview then you'd expect them to actually follow through with that no oh, totally I uh, I had an interview once. if they if they don't they're a rat bastard <laughs> I had an interview once where I was supposed to be interviewed by two guys, or three people actually, um, and the first one was like somebody from HR, mm -hmm. and then uh, fascist pig. I was going <laughs> to let you fill in that, so you did good. <laughs> and then she was going to call somebody from the hiring department, mm. and then he was going to call somebody else from the hiring department. It would be like basically uh, two technical like engineers would interview me, and then the HR person first. So the HR person, you know, she met me, she interviewed me for, I don't know, half an hour, or, you know, whatever it is. And then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to go call this person now. And, 
that you just stay here and he'll be here pretty soon. I sat there for like 20 minutes. You know, it was like in like not a very big room. Maybe it was like eight by eight, mm-hmm. you know, and it had like a big whiteboard on the, on the thing. And it was like no windows, just the room, you know, and like fluorescent lighting. And I was just sitting there. I was wearing like a shirt, a tie. And the guy didn't show up for like 20 minutes. You know, and I just, I didn't know what to do. I was just sitting there. And I was like, do I get up? Do I go somewhere? If I went somewhere, I'd probably get lost, you know, because it's like a new building that I've never yeah. been in. Yeah. I wonder, like, I think across my mind, like, do I, li- I mean, I would be tempted to like put my head down or like lay down. Is or, this a test? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, is there a camera somewhere that I don't know? Like, should I like not like get up and like walk around? And then, like, later, some, the third guy came in, and he's like, oh, you're here. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, where's the other guy? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, that's kind of unprofessional. I'm like, you know, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. But at least you showed up to give me the interview. <laughs> so I thought you might enjoy that story, kind yeah. of. Hey, did you ever take, uh, in high school, the Jabo? Or like there was yeah. job O, or like there was some aptitude test, or like some job skill questionnaire. Oh, I should have taken that. Or I think we took it in like junior high or something like that. Does it tell you what you're supposed to be? Yeah, or like what you might consider. Oh, yeah. It'll be like, do you like to talk to people? Do you like to relate to people? Are you mathematical? Are you this? Are you yeah, that? Yeah, though I always sort of cheated on those. How did you cheat? Like, I, I don't know. I would always sort of be like, well, this is what I want the test to tell me. So I'm going to put the, uh, those answers in. What did you want the test to tell you? I don't remember at the time. Something that I thought would be cool. What if you took it now? What would you want the test to tell you? I employed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's say that's a given. Like, What would you? What would be the ideal outcome of a job? The ideal job It would be like, well, first of all, we have an interview scheduled for you. And uh, and the interviewer is going to be there. And you're not taking this question this seriously. This is your job. It's you are going to be, um, you're going to be a traveling National Geographic photographer, writer, development worker, and wilderness firefighter, combined with project manager and emperor of the universe (laughs) now that got silly I (laughs) part of my mouth there wow (laughs) I really just didn't you know respond well to that answer (laughs) well I don't know I mean what what do I really want to do is that your question I guess it's a sort of veiled attempt at it, but I mean, like, I mean, it isn't necessarily, I mean, it could be wrong. It doesn't have to be right. But like, what if mine, I mean, maybe mine, it would be awesome if it said astronaut, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, okay. <laughs> or like, uh, yeah. I think actually, I forget, I you know, I forget, there was two of them, but I remember one of them being clergy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> because apparently, like, I like to work, uh, I guess, like, the questions that, um, I answered somehow led to me showing that I'm I'm like an independent worker or I, I kind of like work by myself or whatever and I guess uh-huh. that would be one of them. I forget what the other one was. I should take this test. Yeah, maybe I bet there's a way to find it online. I or bet there like is. Yeah. Have you ever taken the uh, the Myers Briggs? I've done the Myers Briggs. Yeah. Do you remember what you were? Yeah, I. Uh, what was I? It was something like the. Uh, uh, Napoleonic. Napoleonic. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. That's about right. It was. It was in the. Uh, oh, I forget 
you know, they have like they have little abbreviations like A E or yeah, it's like you know, E something. J like S and yeah, T or something like yeah. that. And they like give you a little like there's like a little shape profile and you match it to like kinda like your thing, right? Right, right. I think when I took it, uh, I took I actually told us we actually just talked about this recently, uh, with somebody else, but I got some profile that was so flat, like there was I, I guess it just like kind of points to my lack of personality or something like that. <laughs> but like, there was no particular category that was more than the other. Oh yeah. So it was kind of bumpy, but I guess like normally what they do is they give you four like kind of like right. aspects or criteria, and I think it's like E T J and maybe S, mm-hmm. and you know you get a number for each one of those things, and you map them to some like. 20 or 30 different like shapely profiles that they give you and they give you pictures of them and mine was like it's supposed to maybe it'll be like medium high low medium you know or yeah. something like that and then you kind of match it pictorially to this preset definition and I got something that didn't even like there was no number for it it was just like <laughs> well you're not you're, really you're anything. an anomaly maybe you should take it again and like be a little more opinionated or something <laughs> Well, the uh, the interesting thing about those sorts of tests, and I think if I did take the Jabo, like I was saying when I was a kid, uh, I would kind of cheat at those and like, you know, fudge with them. I hated those sorts of Myers Briggs type tests because I always felt like they were trying to predict who I was supposed to be, trying to tell me who I was supposed to be. And I was like, no, I don't want to, you know, be boxed in like that. And then when I finally did do the Myers-Briggs, the guy, it was a college professor, he was saying, these aren't predictive, you know, these are basically just tell you what your preferences are. And it doesn't mean you can't do it the other way. And that's what always irked me. It was like saying, oh, you're this way, that means you can't do it the other way. I was like, I can do it the other way too. Right, right, right. You know, I feel perfectly competent in that. But when he when he explained it to me that way that it's about preference rather than prediction, then I then I really liked it and I was like oh okay I dig it yeah. Did you, did you regret not taking any of those tests seriously before the Jabo? I don't remember the Jabo, but but then I was like God I could have known what I wanted to be in fifth grade. Do you ever like look back on your life and somebody tells you oh actually you know it's kind of like this you're like oh really? oh Damn. man. I should have done all these things. Like, I, everybody told me to, and I just said no. No, my life has kicked ass up to this point. Yeah? Well, I mean... <laughs> Except for 2009. I'm not saying that you should have any regrets. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, like, maybe there's some uh, interesting experiences that you might have made more of if you had realized that you could have a way. Oh, well, I think that, you know, that, that I think it, you, can, you can look back at anything and be like, oh, I, uh... I wish I had I had appreciated that more, especially yeah. when I look back at my childhood and I was like, oh <laughs> man, I was such a rotten kid. Yeah, and me like too. and you know like I really should have just enjoyed those moments and taken advantage of that, this and that, and like why did why in high school did I not take a photography class when that was like one of the few things you actually learned a skill in, you know, like whereas you come out of high school basically with kind of like you could okay. You could say that you you're prepared for a science or engineering thing, right. you know, and but but it's pretty generalist, you know. But there there are a few things you can get in high school that are actually like skills. Like you come out of this and you like know how to do something. Right, right. I know how to produce photographs. I know what chemicals go into it. I know you know uh, how to take them and how much to expose them to the light or whatever. Like that was cool. Too bad I didn't do that. 
Why did I do nothing in high school? So that's your... Is, do you have any other bigger regrets than that? Um, if I were to do college again, I would do five years in double major. Yeah. As opposed to as opposed to a single major. Yeah. What would know? be your other major? I would probably be in the... It would probably be in sciences or engineering. Yeah. It's all right. Engineering because is cool. I think... Uh, I think part of my uh, youthful willfulness was that I kind of uh, rejected that side of me. And I was always good at math right. and science, you know? Like, I I just sort of, I didn't have to try in them. Uh, and and part of me, I don't know, when I was 17, 18, was like, I don't want to do that. I want to be something else. Right. And sort of saw the liberal arts as something, like, interesting and original. Uh, now That's I'm the like, man. I'm going to be liberal arts. Now I'm like, yeah, now I'm like, God, that was dumb. So, if, all right, all you kids who are 18 years old going into college and thinking about liberal arts degrees, that's fine, <laughs> but do something else, you know? Like, literally, get yourself an engineering degree or a, a, a skill. Get, you know, English, boy, English is a lot of fun, and I, you should go ahead and get your BA in English, but you should also get something useful. Oh, All right. Dad. <laughs> you measuring what? <laughs> Russian literature? Yeah, I mean, but I I know Dostoevsky front to back. Yay! I can do nothing and produce nothing of value. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what? I was a philosophy major. I really like philosophy. I loved the the logic and the argumentation of it. And I, it really served me well. But I should have also majored in something else. You know? Something that would get you a job. <laughs> well, I mean, it, you know, is college uh, a trade school? Or is college like a place to kind of broaden your horizons and mind and blah, 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 blah? The economy collapsed. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I submit exhibit A. There's a hell of a lot of people running businesses that don't know how to do anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, that's a whole other ball of wax. I mean, I guess, like, is the, did the economy collapse because people didn't know business? Or was it greed? Or was it, uh, you know, all that stuff? I mean, like, maybe we should have had liberal arts majors running the, the world, and they would have... Uh... Oh, there's that argument. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. You sound like the dean of an engineering school. <laughs> I'm looking for a job if there are any engineering schools out there looking for a dean. I know you don't need to have any engineering skills to be a dean. Certainly not a PhD. Yeah, no, you don't, really. You need to be a schmoozer. Right. Get and, the money, get the grants. Yeah. Which is another weird thing. It's like uh, in academia, right. you move, it seems like you move away from doing research and more towards, if you want your career to advance or whatever, more towards being basically a fundraiser, grant writer, or a schmoozer. Well, you know, it seems like in anything, like in life, if you want to get ahead in anything, you need to get people working for you. Right. And then when you get people working for you, they do the work for you, and you have to basically start opening up opportunities for yourself and the people who work for you, right? Yeah. And that's, that's what that is, right? You have to schmooze and basically like, you know, even if you're, let's say you're a lawyer, or a doctor, or or even just um, 
a construction worker, you know, and you mm -hmm. want to open your own contracting business. Well, what you have to do is basically get people who contract just as well as you did, right? Get them working for you, and then get them projects that you don't have enough time to do yourself, and go and like work with people who are developing, you know, like houses or developing buildings, and get those contracts, take them out to dinner, get them drinks, go to the bar, whatever it takes, you know. Yeah. And that it's weird. Yeah, you're right. I think it's like a very strange transition from like being a skilled laborer to being a skilled connector and a skilled contractor and a skilled builder but not in the building like nails and hammer sort of way but in the logistics the, yeah the, the you know the, the logistics but i think that's where you get a lot of failings is that you get people who skip the step of knowing what the job is about right and you go right from college to management or mm. something like that and it's like okay you end up with people who don't know what the workers are doing and they're making decisions about the way the company should go or, or whatever and that's bad decision you know they yeah. I, okay that's an overgeneralization but that's what the irregular search for truth <laughs> needs to get started and then we can pare away at that and get down to maybe the actual truth which is you were wrong scott <laughs> but oh well cool let me solve that one. Boop. <laughs> so I uh, new subject. Ready sure. for a new one? Sure. All right. I uh, I was in a short film this weekend. Oh. Yeah. It was pretty fun. I got to play the role of a anonymous sort of thug. You were an extra. I, no, no. <laughs> I was I was one of the uh, supporting cast. Okay. Okay. And uh, there was, I guess there were only four actors in the film. No, five. What were you build? Uh, what were you build? I I think I would have been billed as shared second place. Oh, that's pretty. Uh, that's, yeah, that's in the middle. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see how the editing process. You know, I might be cut completely, <laughs> but uh, but then it would be a chase scene with nobody chasing him. Hmm. So, but the chase scene was pretty cool, and um, and the really fun part about it was that it was up in uh, in the Telegraph Hill area of San Francisco. Wow. Ah and just a beautiful day and got to see some really nice scenery and we got to go like up on these rooftops oh yeah you know and and through these you know back stairs of these buildings and and around some corners that were just really pretty and anyway I had a really good sunday morning cool. though i did miss the football game yeah no that it wasn't apparently a good football game so no it was quite disappointing yeah, yeah. i actually only watched half of it yeah well, they came back in the second half, apparently. Yeah. But not enough. No. <laughs> we were actually talking about this lunch day. It's like, at what point do you give up on your team? Oh. Because it's, you would never give up, right? But at the same time, it's like, dude, you guys are just done. You know? Like, you're not oh. playing right. You're not... And it's like, sometimes it's funny when a team is... And maybe I'm a Fairweather fan. It's entirely possible. That sounds like it, right? But I, you know, I don't have a problem necessarily when anybody, for that matter, performs at their level, you know. But it's when you perform at a level that's below what you should be performing at mm. that is frustrating to watch. Yeah. You know, it's like a rebuilding year is a rebuilding year, and that's fine, you know. But it's like at least there's like some highlights, there's some sparks, you know, or like some magic that happens when like everything clicks right. Right. And when everything clicks wrong, that's fine. But it's like when you make dumb mistakes. Or when you're just like, I know you can make that play, or I know you can just execute in this way, and you're not. Mm -hmm. It's just disappointing, you know? It's just yeah. like, you're disappointing everybody around you. And that's when I give up. Like, this weekend, there were a couple routes, 
It was like, uh, I think Oakland lost like 30-something to zero. That's not really new. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> or was it 30-something to 10? It was, or 40-something to 10? It was basically just over. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the Bears lost so early in the game. Like probably, you know, I read a couple of recaps online and it was like, uh, it was over. There's a line that says it's it was over when. You know, and sometimes when it's a really close game, it'll be like, oh, it was over in the fourth quarter when, you know, so-and-so turned the ball over and it get, and then they had the ball for the rest of the quarter. Right, right. You know, for these two games, they both had this synopsis that was like, it was over when in the first minutes of the second half. <laughs> you know, so basically the game has been going for 30 minutes. There's 30 more minutes to play and it's over. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, oh, God, that's just so sad. You know, like, why? What are you guys doing? Like, why are you guys so bad? Yeah. That you are not playing up to you, and it's the thing is, I guess that's not even a fair question. It's like, it's not that you guys are bad because you guys played good games up until this point. Mm. You know, you've had moments of like really great playing, but then it's like sometimes just like mental lapses. You know, and it's it's so frustrating to see anybody play like that. Mm. It's very strange. Yeah, I <clears throat> I agree that it you know it can be really frustrating, but I I don't think you give up on your team. No, if I, you like the sport. Then you have your team and and you stick with them, I think. But what and, is that? I mean, like it's not like I'm vested, you know. Like I mean, this giving up is. I mean, it's like you know. Okay, I gave up on them. I turn the TV off, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still gonna root for them, and I'm still like. Okay, so you're not really giving up on them. You're I, just not watching the game. I'm just that I have no hope for them to win this game okay, and possibly right. the rest of the season. Like, well, that, you know, yeah. Like I mean, luckily our team is not lost in such a fashion that like I've just completely lost faith in the team yet. But right. it's like maybe when they get when they lose their forty to zero game, I'll be like, all right, you know what. That's disgusting, and I'm, I'm not watching you guys anymore. Well, I the, have better the, things to do. But here's the thing: like, our division is not very good, and therefore our team, even though not very good, is at the top of the division. Right. You know, and it's like, well, all we have to do is be, you know, a little better than the last team, and we're going to the playoffs, where we'll probably get destroyed. But, you know, oh, and there's a lot of season left. So you can, you know, you could say, well, maybe we'll grow, maybe we'll fix some of the holes up and and whatnot. Yeah, I guess it's just like uh, if you just kind of like maybe transfer this to anything else, like like you know your friends or even your relatives or whatever. If they when were... do you give up on your friends and relatives? Well, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like we're getting down to it. <laughs> if I saw you like making mistakes, you know, I think it's like this kind of stuff happens. When, like, there's family crises or friendly, you know, like, basically when you get to the point where you have an intervention. Friendly crises? Well, I was trying to think of the word for, like, non-family. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, like, when you have an intervention. Do you want to smoke some crack? <laughs> Scott, I've given up on you. <laughs> After this podcast, no more. It's over. But, yeah, like, when you have an intervention, for example, it's like, look, we're all here for you. We've seen you do good. Right. We've seen you lost your way. You need to you need to like turn around. You, something needs to change. Right. And like what you've done to us, your fans, you know, like your personal fans, your personal like we your are friends always, and family. Yeah, we are there and like we're always rooting for you. And it's like you are like making it very very difficult to be around you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like if you don't do these things, at least show us that you're trying. Then we have to give up on you. That's what an intervention is, I think. I mean, I've never been to one, but I just like, you know, <laughs> on TV, you know. I don't know. I don't know, because I, I think it would be pretty hard to 
to full on give up on somebody you love. Well, I don't, I don't know, man. Well, like, I mean, it's like the tough love approach, I suppose, right? And it's like obviously this is not like something you do in like three months. Yeah. You know, it's not like oh, you know, I'm I'm tired of you not cleaning the dishes. Like we're not, you know. It's like this is something very serious. You right, know, and this right. is like, I think when it refers to like things like alcoholism or drug abuse or whatever it happens to be you know it's like you know you've been this is a perceived pattern over the last few years and you've really not only that but you've really like hurt everybody in your family yeah you know and it's like maybe it happens to be that your win-loss record is not very good your draft (laughs) picks are not good you know you've been abusing all your team mates and the people in the area and the city that sponsors your stadium or whatever mm-hmm. or it's like yeah you've been drinking too much you've been missing a lot of appointments like i've been bailing you out all this time like i've been you know maybe maybe me personally i've given you tens of thousands of dollars because you can't make your bills or you can't do this or you can't do that it's like the alternative is almost like hard to conceive because i know you basically be out on the street but it's like look at some point i can't keep doing this anymore yeah yeah well i had a I had a friend who, uh, he was a childhood friend, and we sort of lost uh, contact, I mean, not not lost contact completely, but we stopped, you know, he moved away for a while, and then he moved back, and this was like in, like, we were really good friends, I'd say, in like the elementary school days, and our parents were good friends, so that's how more or less the contact was kept, even though they moved away, and then uh, came back. And I would see him occasionally in high school, and you know, we, I could tell we were sort of growing in different directions. But then in college, he had sort of a, a you know, he made some bad decisions, and he had a basically a, a bad reaction. I think he was he did some drugs, and he had a bad reaction, and it may have triggered something. But he ended up being diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, and uh, and you know, had a lot of problems. Like basically, life collapsed. You know, right, and the guy's right. like 20 years old or, or 21 years old, something like that. Um, and uh, and it was one of those situations where it's like, well, I haven't even really hung out with this guy as a friend since we were nine. Right. You know, right. like I've seen him, and like when when we saw him, we hung out, and that was it was fine. Uh, but but like I said, we were going in sort of different directions and whatever, and and then it was like, here's an issue where it's not even like sure who you are anymore are you still the same person you were like what you know and and there was just so many issues involved there uh and he there were times when his mom passed away sadly and and there were times when uh i remember i would get a call from him in the middle of the night and his his dad did sort of the tough love approach you know right right it's like we're not gonna bail you out you have to play by these rules or or nothing and he would call me up and it would be like I, you know, I'm homeless. And I was like, geez. Well, I'm not gonna, like, and this would be, I would be home for a vacation or something like that, home from college, and it would be like, I I have a little brother here. You know, I'm not gonna bring you home to my, so I would, like, get him a hotel room for the night. Right, right. You know? But, but it's like, it's like, do you, do you leave someone hanging when they're calling you? And, And, like, here's a guy, like, it's not like we were best friends growing up in, in high school. You know, we were best friends from when we were five to seven or, or something like that. You know, like in in a sense, it's sort of like I don't really even know the guy anymore. Right, and I think you know, I think you kind of hit the 
hit it on the head there because it's like yeah you don't let any you just don't let any people down you know it's like if people come to come to right. you for help you it's very difficult to like say no i'm not going to help you especially when you're in a position to do so yeah you know but i think like and it sounds like his dad i mean i can only imagine that his dad did the exact same thing you know and it's like you personally have not going to dis- gone through the disappointment that he has given his dad mm-hmm. you know and like maybe I don't know how it turned out, but like, you know, if he ended up disappointing you like three or four times or like, right. you know, maybe he trashed his hotel room completely, mm-hmm. you know, and like you ended up paying the bill for like a thousand dollars, you know, and this happened several times. And That's you why t- I deal in cash. Right. Cash only. <laughs> cash, cash only, fake IDs. <laughs> My name is William. <laughs> William Scott. But yeah, like, I mean, you personally have to be disappointed, right? And I think right. probably these interventions, like, you have to get everybody on the same page. It's like, look, we've all been disappointed. And I can imagine that there's probably one or two people who are like, let's give another chance. And, like, somebody's like, <laughs> no, we're not giving another chance. You know, you'd, like, all be on the same page, right? Yeah, you all have, yeah. to, like, this united front. We're like, I'm not going to help you unless you do these things. So, I don't know. How did it work out? Did he, like... Get he's, his stuff together I think or what? He, you know, I mean, I think uh, for the most part, he's on the mend. He's, you know, he he deals with you know medications and stuff like that now, and and so there's, uh, it's it's hard, I think, to unless unless there's some you know, uh, long term cure or anything like you know the medications don't make you normal. No, they make you. Uh, they make it so you don't have whatever hallucinations you were having. But at the cost of something else. Right, yeah, you know, you're not 100% there. But, you know, it's like, now I see him every once in a while, he's a good guy, you know, and, and definitely I think there's some struggle there, And it's, but it's like crashed so far, you know, from, from basically being in a, a position where he could have done anything, you know. He's going to uh, to a good college and and could have done whatever he wanted. To being much more dependent, yeah. you know, in his life, and that's something that's that's hard to figure out when you ask like, at what point do you cut and run? You know, it's like, well, okay, yeah, like you said, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting calls every weekend, and right. and and right. but but I do get calls every once in a while. For help you know? or just like checking in? Uh, well, earlier for help. Now it's sort of more like you know. Uh, right. But there's always that worry when I get that call, like, uh oh, could this be you know like, hey, I got kicked out of the you know apartment I was staying at or something like that, you know, which is which is a tough thing to to deal with, and and so, but I don't know. I mean, I think I think that when someone asks you for help, you you got to find a way to give them something. I think. No, you definitely you do. Know, I mean, like, I, if somebody asks me for help, like, I will go... I feel like I'll drop pretty much anything. Or at least I'll try... If I if I know that there's no other solution other than me helping, you know, like, maybe I know that, like, look, why don't you just do this? Or, like, maybe they haven't thought about it. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, do this, 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 this. And it's like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah. You know, or, like, I have, and this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened. It's like, all right. Then yeah. I guess you're... I'm not, Then that's why I'm here for you, you know? But I think... Yeah, it's like, you know, if they're reset to a different status level and they're down there and it's like, all right, well, you know, you had a lot of potential and you screwed it up, you mm-hmm. know, somehow, you know, and like everybody, everybody screws up at some point or the other, you know, some of us pay more dearly for it than others. That's the other, that's the only difference, I suppose, right? Yeah. But let's say he screwed up very dearly, but it's like, 
now he's on the way up or at least where he is he's stable mm-hmm. you know and it's like and at that point that's the difference between what we were talking about before and it's like okay this is where you were at and you're performing at the level that I expect you to perform at like I'm not disappointed with you anymore because it's like you made that mistake it's gone by right you know there's right. nothing we could do about it it's in the past right. but it's up to you now to and it's up to you to basically you have a commitment to me and to everybody around you now to perform at your best or at least do as well as you can given what you have mm-hmm. you know when you start throwing away that opportunity or like you know start making mistakes again so if the person himself gives up yeah herself, I, I, I guess that's the difference maybe yeah. that's a better way of putting it you know it's like when when it's apparent to me that that person has given up or they're just getting they're just performing very poorly and it's for mistakes that are not you know acceptable Mm. You know, then it's like, all right, well, then I've given up on you as well. I mean, I guess that's an interesting way of putting it because, like, they've already given up on themselves by the way they're acting or performing. It's just that it's not, you know, it's not said out loud. But, mm. I mean, in essence, that must be what happened. Bringing it back to the original point, do you think a sports team is ever really giving up on themselves? Maybe they are. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, like, you know, when you make these mistakes and you, yeah. when you, like, kind of, like, act like this way, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, in a sense, it's you an are. attitude thing. Though, it's, a, I mean, it's like you know, instead of going for with the sports, sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, instead of making like simple, simple plays, or you know, st- taking it play by play, step by step, instead, don't go for the big thing. You know, mm-hmm. don't like I think, and this is yeah, like it kind of it works both ways. Like you can kind of think of a person trying to make that big play, trying to make that big deal right, to like right. kind of like oh all I need is my ship to come in yeah. you know that expression I just need to look sober long enough to make this deal yeah exactly <laughs> right or I just need a hundred more dollars and if I make a hundred more dollars then like this whole thing is gonna like right. take place and it's like no that's probably not gonna happen yeah what you need to do is you need to like get your seven dollar an hour job you know yeah. and like just work at it and be very slow and methodical and get where you need to go in a very you know steady pace you know and like Maybe it's, I mean, $7 an hour is not very good for somebody who's making their way in the world, you know, and not de- and who is not dependent mm-hmm. on anybody else. You know, maybe if you're in high school or in college and, you know, you're, like, just starting out, it's, like, not really a full-time job. But, like, you know, you're kind of hoping for a little more than that at some point. But, I mean, like, let's not go for the big kill. Let's go for something small right, and short. Right. Let's right? sustain ourselves. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I, I'm so fortunate as of right now to have never been in that position. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I can just, I mean, I, maybe I'm just being a real big, un, not understanding jerk right now, and it's possible, you know, but, uh, yeah. So I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think that we we're sort of getting at something with the whole, like, if you're giving up on yourself right. thing, then that's, that's really hard to, that's hard to forgive in a right. way, you know, or, uh, or, or even not forgive, you know, maybe you can, maybe you can, be compassionate towards that, but if someone is has given up on themselves, then then do you accept them on as a total dependent? You know, like uh, when they have the capacity to not be a total dependent. Yeah, that's you know, the most. That's, and that's kind of what I was saying. It's the most disappointing thing when you have all this so-called potential. Yeah. And you refuse to live up to it. Yeah. So. Believe in yourself, and that doesn't mean like, you know, I could do it. It just means, hey, get your stuff together, get your data's a stuff going, and don't like, don't go down. Go at least level. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it on the level, folks. All right, should we call it there? Yeah. You can was... write in with your hate mail. Irregular search, 
search for truth irregular search for truth at gmail.com well maybe people were misspelling it it's i not irregular i regular search for truth yeah yeah two r's in that yeah, aren't there yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 irregular search irregular. for truth at uh, gmail.com and this has been scott and sachin and we'll see you next time peace